So we're walking alongside this canal and um, it's beautiful weather, nice clouds, sunny. And I slowly feel that my body is taking over. So all worries, memories of last night, it sort of slowly sinks into my legs and my shoes and it leaves my body, which feels really nice. where I had to do this thirst walk. Um, it's somewhere not, uh, I've, it's, it's not somewhere I feel very connected to. It's not my home. Uh, I'm just here uh, with my family during the lockdown. But I, mean, uh, I did eventually find interesting things about this location. Uh, as I'm walking now, and I'm looking at my surroundings, it's quite impossible to... Um, connect this place to water or nature at all um, i know that the uh, district main district here is called Bükdere, which means a large creek i know that there is a forest above uh, like a very big forest so i just i thought there must be something related to forest for uh, to water in the past of this location and i was actually very surprised to find out about the name of this place which is must like I never questioned what it means apparently it means running water and uh, in Ottoman times it was also used as uh, a pool like a pool where water is collected before distribution but it's also very sad that you don't see any uh, any marks of this in this location and anymore it's completely lost Here's a Hamidiye spring water bottle. What does it say on it? Bottled with full automatic machines at the facility, facilities of Hamidiye Kanyak Sulan in Kemer Burgaz, Turkey. Following the permit of TR Istanbul Governorship dated 1802 2010. This is In Search of the Pluriverse. We are Sophie Creer and Eric Wong. Join us on our quest for a world in which many worlds fit. We were invited by Het Nieuwe Instituut to be the first curators of their traveling academy. You can follow us online at pluriverse.hetnieuweinstituut.nl You are about to listen to the Thirst Talk that we recorded on May 2nd. 
Because we could not meet live in Istanbul, we had to think of something else. To get in sync with each other, we all started a one-hour walk from our homes at noon. And these homes happened to be in Amsterdam, Rotterdam, Istanbul and The Hague. Sophie wrote a script for this walk, inspired by the artist Alan Capro, who wrote and executed a lot of these scripted events. You can find the full script on our web magazine at pluriverse.hetnieweinstitute.nl. Feel free to undertake your own thirst walk. To give you an idea, I read snippets from the instructions. Find a way to tap public water near your home. Notice the sun's position. At noon, tap drinking water. Notice the time it takes. Notice fluids around you, puddles, canals, rain. Notice their movement. Notice shapes. Notice the fullness of your mouth. Notice fluids inside your walking body, saliva, blood, urine, sweat. So after this walk, we tuned into a Zoom meeting in public space to have the following conversation. If this is the first encounter with us, don't hesitate to listen to the individual talks we had with participants Noor Orsanale, Yashar Adnan Adanale, Eva Pfannes from Ouz, and Leon Poa. Enjoy! We should practice the walkie-talkie style, maybe. Um, Thank you, Sophie. Over to me. So um, I'll take it over from here. Over to Tse, over to Tse. Check, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Tse is er wel. Nee, het klinkt goed. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm just in front of the mosque. So. I don't hear anything. Where I am. Okay, we're going to start this talk. We're all here. We're super happy that you're here. So don't mute yourself because this is the sound of the place, right? So we're going to hear the prayer throughout. Um, welcome. It's been quite a build up to this moment because we had interviews with, with all of you um, and we published them. But also before that, we talked to you and we prepared uh, all your. Um, uh, yeah, the way you would participate in this in this search for the pluriverse. No. Uh, now is the time to really bring it all together. So, <laughs> and I'm already like super distracted because I hear all these. <laughs> yeah, now now the mosque started where I am. So oh, okay, double mosque. That having said, Sophie, I give the talking stick to you. Thank you, uh, Eric, and um, well, welcome, Yashar. Noor, Eva, Leon, it's wonderful that you're here. Thank you, Tse, for being with us on the back backstage for the audio engineering. And um, yeah, as Eric said, what was really what really struck us is that each of you work with water at a different scale. So, and we wanted to see what happens when we juxtapose these scales um, in relation to water in your practices. And today's thirst talk. It's an attempt to, to weave some connections between the four of you. Um, of course, we're not together physically, unfortunately, so this is the best we could do, was to get at least in sync in terms of time. And um, it's something that I practice with School of Verticality, 
this idea of acupuncture of place. Um, verticality in the sense of the relation between sky and earth. So rain, for example, is a great teacher of verticality. And wow, the sound that I'm hearing is <laughs> incredible. And I now pass the digital talking stick back to Eric. Okay, so let's start uh, with round one. And of course, we're like super uh, curious about your whereabouts right now. So you started walking this morning. And uh, where did you end up? I give uh, the talking stick to Yashar. Yashar, where are you? Well, I left my house, which is at the very center of uh, Istanbul, in the Bayola area, not far from Taksim Square. I'm sure you all heard the Gezi Park and the Taksim Square. And Taksim Square, by the way, take it is named from the water structure, the fountain where uh, in, in the past, in, during the empire, where the water come to that hill and then distributed all along the neighborhood and that area through public fountains. And my house is just uh, like two minutes walking down from Taksim Square, right next to a public fountain where you can get your water. So in a way, I, I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to leave. And I, I put this on the map, uh, Amsterdam. And more or less, I had to go through my work. So I said, why not? Uh, try to identify all those historical public fountains along the route from my home to my work, which is around 40 minutes walk. So I did that uh, this, this noon, and I counted, by the way, my, my rule, I mean, based on what you provided me, this kind of brief, but also the rule that I put for myself was not to make a huge detour so that I come across with a public fountain, you know, like not to cheat. And I counted eight uh, quite beautiful public fountains. And uh, I tried to identify, because I already saw each one of them, maybe not realize them in one hour period, but in my life, I kind of know them. No, I came across them. I kind of, I spotted them. But this time I wanted to kind of try to identify something new about them or something that I haven't taught before. So it was kind of fun game for me. Uh, and I had my, since you instructed us to have a water bottle with us. So I had my water bottle in a kind of soft uh, uh, container, which also made a very nice water sound. The, as I keep walking, I were here. I was hearing this water sound always next to me, that's coming from my water bottle. But it was more like you walk along a river or a canal. No, like so it was also a nice kind of kind of gesture that uh, accompanied me. And also, as a last, maybe before I pass this to you, uh, I want to highlight these water public fountains in Istanbul are actually uh, is a nice kind of teleport to a larger scale. Uh, water systems, you know, they are not directly or only attached to the infrastructural system, but they had to follow the, the water basins since they got their kind of sources from the valleys and they had to follow the hills from hilltop to uh, seashore. So these 
public infrastructure were positioned according to topography and ecology of the city, which is radically different than the modern infrastructure. So in a way, when I was following these public fountains or Çeşme in Turkish, that allowed me to constantly make, realize the landscape and topography of Istanbul in relation to water. And then I pass it to Sophia, back to you. Well, maybe uh, just a quick question, Yashar, for you still. Yeah. Because I wonder, did you tap water from the Chesme? Did you drink it? Because that's still for us unclear if, if you no, can drink honest, it. You to didn't. be honest, I didn't do that, you know, because I didn't. I mean, probably not a major issue could appear, but I didn't want in the middle of my walk had to run back to my house. So for that oh. reason, for that that. reason uh, I, I mean, you know, if you ask this question to a public authority, probably they would claim, of course, you can drink and a lot of people are drinking. But I have this kind of psychological threshold still that I'm not fully uh, believing in that. But of course, I don't like the idea of buying bottled water. Uh, so what we did, for instance, in, in our new center, we installed a purification system to the public water uh, infrastructure so that we can drink tap water. Uh, yeah, but from those on the roads, I didn't drink. I'm sorry for that. Lian Poa, where have you arrived at after one hour walk? Where are you calling in from right now? Thank you, Sophie. Um, I'm uh, a bit more south along the river Amstel. So my home is also in the center of Amsterdam, uh, or also is also in the center of a big city. And uh, I crossed the bridge um, to uh, the other side of the Amstel from where I'm living. And there's also a public fountain there and I filled my bottle and um, then I started walking and I, I'm just, uh, I think a crow would fly from my home uh, maybe in, a, in two minutes <laughs> or so. Uh, it doesn't feel very far, but south, so in the direction of you in uh, Istanbul. And um, now there are these boat houses here and more like uh, cabins, it, but it feels much more wild. It, 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 it doesn't have the city feel anymore. Um, I went very slowly with uh, noticing all the sounds. It felt very animal-like to notice uh, the smallest sounds and also all the, the things that didn't make sound but were present. Um, so yeah, it was a very different uh, experience uh, foregrounding the, the sounds. Uh, and we had hail and rain and uh, sharp sun and wind and we had everything in this one hour. And Leon, yeah, I'm, I'm going to break in. I'm, it's not to always have to be like with the talking stick thing. Okay. Uh, I was wondering if you, um, did you drink already? Were you thirsty? Did you, um, and, did, and did you think about drinking at some I, point? I just, and did you drink? Well, I had to pee, so I peed. <laughs> that was more <laughs> difficult to find a place uh, in, the, in the city uh, to do that. 
And then when I sat down now, after uh, five minutes into our call, I took a sip. And uh, well, I also had to pee along the way, by the way, Lian. So you're not the only one who had to pee. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're somewhere outside Amsterdam. It's already rural. You follow the Amstel River with its curves. And now uh, you're sitting at the shore or at the bank of, uh, at the river bank of the Amstel. Is that the right picture for you? Yeah. Well, there's now... I'm, because the road, the, there's a highway. I'm, I'm not straight at the bank. I could walk a little bit further to be straight at the river bank, but now there is this cabin or a boathouse in between me and the river. That's good. So let's go over to um, Noor. Mm-hmm. And we flip flop from Europe <laughs> to, to Istanbul. Come in. Well, uh, right now I'm sitting actually near like some steps near by the road. That's why you're hearing these sounds of cars and motorbikes passing around. Uh, I'm located quite like somewhere very uh, different from actually where Yasha is. Like I'm in the other ugly truth of Istanbul. I'm somewhere between Ayaza and Maslak right now. And I really don't want to be here to be honest, but I had to come here uh, back like to be with my parents during the lockdown so and they live somewhere nearby here so uh yeah i was not really happy about the district i was going to have this walk but i think i discovered interesting things along the way uh, i couldn't find any public fountains like i already knew that so i had to buy it from this uh, shop and so it's a bottle Actually, the brand is also Hamidie, which I think you have it on your website. Uh, it, it's one of these historical uh, brands and they, it comes from the because I think from the forest that is kind of close to where I am currently. Uh, during my walk, I actually was my following this, trying to reach this creek, which is called Ayaza Creek, and it connects to some other uh, creeks and eventually to Golden Horn in Turkey, in Istanbul. And uh, on the map, it looked quite light. So I was excited to come reach it and see this uh, water flow, but it was kind of lost in the urban fabric, to be honest. And it was re- nearby a car road and uh, it was covered, like uh, it was closed off with fences. So it didn't really feel like a natural water there but it is i mean it comes from the forest and it was interesting to see that for me because on the map it looks like this um nice natural water flow but yeah in reality it was a bit disappointing for me to uh, observe that where are you right now Nur? like can you describe what you see around you you um, mentioned the road but what what yeah, else do I'm, you see i'm sitting by the road and there actually some like high buildings and constructions around me and there were children playing around me too and, I and we can hear that cars. we can hear that and how yeah. far are you away <laughs> from Yasha so because we've learned from from Serkan uh, mm-hmm. that uh, the urban fabric of Istanbul is humongous it's like 100 yeah. <laughs> kilometers of dense population so how far how many kilometers are you um, apart from Yasha you think just for, for our uh, kilometer wise I, I guess 15, maybe less. I'm not entirely sure, but it would take me um, half an hour with a bus to go 
where really? KCI is going. Uh, that's yeah. a different scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what we are used to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's uh, move over to Eva. Hi. Eva, come in. <laughs> Hi. So yeah. So I I started walking. I'm in Rotterdam. So I started walking from our house, which is next to the Schie. The Schie is a can man-made canal that connects Delft um, with the Maas, the River Maas, which uh, then connects to the North Sea. And so my direction, Istanbul, was actually then following the Schie and then arriving at the Maas and following the Maas. Then I crossed through the Erasmus Park. Um, then I tried to find um, actually a, a public fountain which was supposed to be on the map, but I couldn't. I just simply couldn't see it. So I continued. I uh, passed what is going to be the highest tower of Rotterdam, which is not very pretty. And um, then I passed the Erasmus Bridge and walked over to the Hefbrug. So that's the, it's a lifting bridge. That's the oldest bridge of Rotterdam. Um, it's, I think it's uh, almost 100 years old. It's a bridge for the railway that had a mid has a middle part that lifts up so that boats can pass through. And I'm standing next to the mass, which is a kind of olive, olive color. Um, smells strongly of algae and uh, with a lot of wind. So <laughs> that's my situation. It's wonderful, Eva, because so Eric and I have arrived um, at the banks of the Fleet Canal, which is uh, which was actually a channel built in the 12th, 13th century already. And it yeah. connects to the Schie. It connects yeah. to the canal that you are uh, yeah. walking on. Okay. So, so yeah. we can swim to each other. We, can, we could swim to each other. <laughs> we are connected. <laughs> yeah. And maybe we are also in a strange way connected to where Lian. No, not all waterways, of course, are connected. Lianne, do you have a, an image of the, the Dutch waterways? And are we somehow, could we swim to each other? Uh, <laughs> uh, without crossing any land? Hmm. Probably I not. I don't know. We, yeah, we could, but I think we could better go a little bit more uh, upstream first. And so when we are, are uh, getting nearer to the source, well, we'll be more sure that we can uh, reach it other just by water. <laughs> because uh, in a way, you are talking about the mass, but it's actually called the new mass, but it's actually Rhine water um, that you are uh, all um, part uh, of. And so in a way, we are the same watershed as, um, uh, as where I am in. So it's the Rhine watershed rather than okay. the Meuse watershed. We could swim to each other, but maybe we need to go to Lobit, maybe where the Rhine comes into the Netherlands, where we will meet each other swimming. Mm. Thank you, Liam. I take the digital talking stick back. <laughs> I have the feeling we are now in a swimming pool, you know? I, it reminds <laughs> me of swimming pool sounds. Let's, let's move on to round two, which is more about water awareness. And you, all of you actually already mentioned some of the things that happened during the last hour of walking, but we were also wondering, because it was in the script, this script which is inspired by Alan Capro's happenings, it was in the script to kind of notice 
water both inside you and around you um, and how it manifests itself. So is there anything that you would like to add on that, like some insight or a moment where you realized something in the past hour in relation to water that you would like to share? And I'll pass the talking stick to Eva. Hi. So, yeah. So, as we're speaking, I was actually making not a sound bite, but a time lapse of the water in front of me, which has this very beautiful vortexes. Like, it's this kind of, like, you wouldn't actually want to jump in and swim in it. It just looks pretty dangerous. But the patterns that emerge are really beautiful waves um, that move and vortexes. Um, and the other thing I noticed on the way was how the color of the water is changing from the different parts of the mass to the sri. And uh, at the moment, it's hardly transparent, I would say. Um, so I, I observed more water outside of me than inside of me because I tried to not drink too much before. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, because, yeah, simply there is no place I could imagine to pee outside here. You want to pass a talking stick on to yes. someone else, Eva? Um, yes, I would like to pass it to uh, Asa. Yes, sir. this one is for you. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the water in me, I'm not sure. I, I, as I said, my bottle water uh, was keep making this nice water sound and I was so much focused on that sound but what I realized on the way so I think fourth or fifth fountain which is uh, because of the new infrastructure new roads new payments this historical structure now look as if it is underground half of it, no? Like the, all the new infrastructure put on top of each other. And at the end, you have this beautiful historical fountain, which looks a bit like half of it under the ground where you have to follow stairs to go down for the to excess water. So I was thinking that, like in front of her taking this photo, and I saw two uh, tourists that just passed by, stopped for a moment, and take a bottled water from their back and drink. So, you know, that was a kind of uh, nice moment of realization where you have this old system, which is not anymore, maybe not even noticed because of the new structure, infrastructure, kind of hijacking it and uh, hiding it. And then this, uh, the people, the urbanites, the contemporary people just, you know, open their bottled water that they bought from supermarkets and drink just next to it without even noticing how beautiful that structure is and what it served for, no? So that was my kind of moment of, uh, yeah, realization. And it kind of struck me. And by the way, we are under a lockdown right now, so only tourists are allowed to wander around and people who can, they can go to their uh, grocery stores around their houses. So that's why I... I like to tourists. But anyway, that was my moment. And I can, uh, I can throw my digital stick or water bottle. Well, maybe I like, to, I like to break in for a moment because I realize yeah, now 
that we in the Netherlands live in a in a delta. It's it's and the, and water is omnipresent, so it's very easy to find a waterway close and to walk alongside mm. it or to let you guide by that waterway. That must be so different in the in the in the in the urban fabric of Istanbul. That water must be really is not so omnipresent yeah of course as in the bosporus but if you leave the bosporus it's, it's maybe eh, like noor maybe we, we can give the stick to noor you were looking <laughs> at the map on this this sort of creek but you couldn't yeah. really find it right i mean i found it but it was not uh it didn't satisfy me let's say i also like it was not like a canal in amsterdam or in, in the netherlands it was so, yeah. You had Quite. this romantic notion about this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I had this imagination that I would reach this because I also know that we are like this area is close to the forest itself too. So I expect there to be some natural water flows. Probably there is if I were, was able to walk a bit more further, but uh, in the part that I could reach, it was yeah quite lost in the urban fabric of it. But I've on the way, I noticed a lot of like puddles on the road, even though it hasn't been rainy. And um, some something interesting I thought was the um, drinking water left for stray animals, actually. The, the, in little containers, there were these waters left on the street for animals. And I saw many uh, garbage drinking bottles on the floor. <laughs> I also found that interesting in this context. Um, yeah. and. In my body, I, I, there was one particular moment where I had to climb, climb uphill, which is also different from the Netherlands. Like in Istanbul, we have a lot of hills too. And while walking in that part, I really felt that I was getting uh, thirsty and sweaty in that moment. And also because I've been wearing a mask, it's, uh, it's compulsory to wear a mask actually here outdoors. So um, I took it at some points, but uh, that also added into my thirst, uh, so it was a, it got a bit difficult from time to time for me to walk, and um, yeah, I noticed sweat uh, within my hair, for instance, that was, that got a bit present towards the end of my walk. Yeah, and it's also Ramadan. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not fasting, but. Uh, yeah, it's Amazon actually. Like there might be people around who actually cannot drink water right now. Yeah, but then you're even more aware about how and when mm -hmm. to drink. I can yeah. imagine, especially in the public domain. Yeah, exactly. I was lucky that it's locked down, so I, there wasn't many people around, to be honest. But as you say, I might be a bit uncomfortable to drink water in front of uh, many people because I wouldn't know if they're fasting or not. Yeah, it's yeah. quite beautiful, Noor, that you, both Noor and Yashar, by mentioning also the, the lockdown, it's good that you do so because for our listeners, but also for us here in the Netherlands, um, makes us realize how, you know, we are trying to be in sync with one another, but things are just not symmetrical right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so thank you for that. What about Lian? Is there something you would like to, to add to something you noticed inside, outside your body? the way water manifested itself? Um, because you also invited uh, to um, be noticing sounds, I noticed uh, water in a very different way. Uh, 
also, of course, you, you also invited us to look at the, 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 the shapes, uh, and that was much more familiar, but I almost uh, could have closed my eyes and um, become aware of all the different sounds uh, and also the texture that the water is in contact with. It got such a different relationship to my body uh, and also the water surface, also the scent of all the blossoms that are out. Um, so spring got also a different um, presence uh, with water in and out, especially observing it from that sound perspective. Could you describe the shape of the, of the sound of water? <laughs> Does it have a shape, this sound, for you? Yeah, that, that, that is that, uh, that that fluid, that morphing all, all the time. Uh, also, uh, the thirst uh, sound of, of not being there, or so it's this retreating or or, or filling with abundance. Um, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I I had to think of you, uh, Liao. So. Uh, And while walking alongside this canal, it's basically a, a trek fart. So it's 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 there to ship goods. It was made a long time ago. But it's so um, water really is a life vein, you could say, because there's so much life around water. People jogging, people fishing, groups of of, of bicyclists coming over the bridge right now. Yeah, maybe you can reflect a bit on that, on the fact that, that water connects people, but also enables all these activities and life forms. Yeah, what I noticed also now, uh, some people were swimming and uh, they just came out of the water. And so they were, um, the sound of, of, of drying their uh, bathing clothes, uh, you could hear as well as rowing boats and rowing boats uh, with people on their own and, 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 and many people or when they were turning or after the rain, when the rain was uh, uh, leaving the, the pipelines that uh, were catching the rain. Um, yeah, that it, it is such a continuum uh, amongst all of us. And also all those silent, I saw also trees deforested or uh, cut down or chopped. Yeah, seeing then the dry ends of, of these either trees chopped or uh, branches chopped or the nectar that uh, the hum humble, humble bee is, is looking for. Um, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't stop and it's in all of us and through all of us. Uh, and yet also from that water perspective that we are only a few days old, uh, all of us. Yeah. Eva, uh, you're uh, in Rotterdam, and um, we are in a more sort of small-scale water setting, but I can imagine with that olive green water in front of you and those industrial bridges, there's another type of activity around you on the water. Is that so? Eva, are you still there? Ah. <laughs> oh, you got on mute. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I was just wondering if, if, if you're in just more industrial setting, <laughs> if that also involves other activities on and around the water. 
So I can see just in front of me now and then a little boat passing because I'm not on the main river mass. I'm on a side arm. So I see in the, in the, in the, on the, so not horizon, but kind of 500 meter away, I see the part where there's bigger ships kind of passing less than usual because there's hardly, where there's no tourism actually. And I, I notice also that the real sound of water, I can't hear it because the noises around me, the urban noises are too, too noisy, like too many car noises, sound of traffic lights, uh, wind. Yeah, so I, 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 I can see it, but I can only imagine the real noise. I'm also quite far away in the sense of height. I'm just at least four meters above the water. Uh, that's a particularity of Rotterdam that the city is quite defensive towards its water. So the shores are mostly pretty high, quite stony, with no handrails at all. So you can jump in if you wish, but <laughs> you can't really touch it. Is it, allure, is it alluring to you, Eva, that olive green water? Would um, you like to, I, I Do you feel tempted did, to jump in? I did, I did uh, jump in in the past. There is a park next to the Erasmus Park, and that was simply amazing. That's where I thought swimming within the city, kind of the setting that you normally don't, you don't imagine that you could do it, but then suddenly you do it with a group of friends, and it's just opening the horizon totally. It was even it was at night actually, so. <laughs> In the, in the mass, you can swim when the tide is in. So the tide, in the mass, the tide comes from the sea. And when the levels go high, it's less polluted than when the levels are low. And we didn't get sick or anything. I guess it was not, um, not super clean. But on the other hand, yeah, the joy of being inside the water freely within the city is simply amazing. Thank you, Eva. It loops back to what Lian was saying from the perspective of water and watersheds. We are only a few days old. We are babies and we are Aquarius water beings. No, we are water beings. But time is running. Water doesn't wait and time doesn't wait. So let's, let's move on to the third round of uh, talking stick because this encounter is an, an attempt to see how we can weave your practices a little bit together and to let you meet in person. And we were wondering, uh, Eva and Lian from the Netherlands, if you have questions for our Istanbulites today, Yashar and Noor, based on the, the teaser talks um, that we published last week. So um, the teaser talks which focused for Noor more on her uh, research around the Galata Bridge and how it is a sort of self-organized community of fishermen and tools and the river um, and the talk with Yashar which, re which revolved uh, on spatial justice in the neighborhood but also on the role of the chess misses, drinking fountains and also this mega Canal Istanbul project <laughs> which Yashar beautifully describes as dropped from sky. <laughs> so Lian or uh, Eva, uh, do you have like a question that you'd like to ask Yashar? Or Noor, and uh, perhaps Eva, I give you back the mic directly so you can start. Yes, yeah, so I was wondering, Yasha, did you map um, all the canals, uh, all the waterways um, in Istanbul, or is there something like a map to see where you could access or where you could swim, possibly? 
yeah, in the Bosphorus? I mean, Is that possible? Uh, in terms of mapping, I mean, we do a, a lot of mapping in my organization as well, but there are already uh, uh, quite a few maps showing the water infrastructure of the city. So that is not... I meant more much. in terms of, uh, sorry to interrupt, but more in terms of um, human interaction, like where you could actually swim, like... Yeah, uh, Bosphorus is... Uh, okay, there's one maybe... Um, so in terms of, again, from the perspective of spatial justice, you know, the yeah. what I always call the Bosphorus or the Strait of Istanbul that connects the Black Sea with the agency, the Marmara Sea on the south, you know, that is the, the central park of Istanbul. You know, that whole area yeah. where you have in the very kind of dense populated city, a quite a large open space that allow uh, the, the wind, the, the airflow, the light and and uh, provide an open public space and access to water for uh, people from all walks of life. However, access to uh, Bosphorus is also an issue of justice. You know, not everyone has that access. You know, some people live along the Bosphorus in a very expensive properties. Others find it super difficult to have access or you have very mm -hmm. little public space. But of those public spaces where you can enter, you see it is very vibrantly used and people are swimming, you know, mm -hmm. they're fishing, they're spending time mm -hmm. with their families or with their friends. And yes, you can swim along the Bosphorus, I swim along the Bosphorus, but also you can just take a, a public ferry from the center for around a 40 minutes ride and you will be in the uh, Princess Islands, and you can swim in the islands, for instance. So you take a bus, one-hour drive bus or half-an-hour drive bus uh, from where I am to where Nur is and go further north, and you will find yourself in the uh, middle of the beaches, no? So these are all possibilities and the beauties of the city, but nevertheless, Istanbul's uh, relations with the sea was much more strong in the near past, like in, in, in the last uh, century, in a uh, mm -hmm. few decades ago, compared to now, but it is kind of reimagined and reconnected uh, uh, in the last uh, uh, few years. But I think uh, you have shouted in the terms of leisure with these 20 million people living in this very dense populated area. Uh, you say it's, it's injustice, not everybody has access to a shore or to water to play in or to swim in. But do you feel that there's a lot of pressure on these, on the public domain for leisure, for play, for water, for swim? Well, you know, in terms of campaigning, there, no, there's not like a huge demand for that. But in terms of use, in terms of the way in which the actual people enjoy the city, you see there's a huge potential there. And unfortunately, you know, that's uh, this whole um, waterways or along the Bosphorus and the seaside, like you see the occupation by the property market, you see the occupation, uh, uh, the, the occupying the, the, the automobile, uh, uh, the cars all around, the car parkings all around. And at the end, you leave very little space for the people to enjoy. And I think that is going to be more and more an issue and a, a, a struggle, an urban struggle in the city in the near future. 
And Liam, what about um, what about you? Did you were you triggered by the thirst talks? Did they trigger a question in you that you'd like to take this opportunity to ask? Maybe a, a larger question because uh, um, how I see myself is a water mobilizer, watershed mobilizer, mobilizing for people to care. And um, like we just heard now from Yasar that uh, from a campaigning perspective, it's no, but it, there is a potential. Um, so I am interested to see the, the why that is, how, how are they now uh, reaching out to people and, and, and how do they notice, what do they notice what works? Uh, when are people turned on and in what way can uh, we all help each other in making people come alive to what we find so important around water? Yeah, maybe you can answer first, no? I'm particularly interested in how people um, reclaim public spaces and shape their environments in a bottom-up manner. So in the case of water, like people just jump in the Bosphorus, like nobody uh, really can do and stop them to, you know, like from doing it. So I like that uh, practices of uh, people just um, claiming of ownership on the city, like to a certain extent that they could. And um, in that sense, people just bypass the uh, municipality or the rules. There are often these, I see these scenes where it says that swimming is not allowed, but there are so many people just on the water in that particular place. So um, for now, I'm more in the position of an um, observer, I think. As a designer, I observe how um, citizens use their cities, and not by the rules, but them, like their through their um, uh, actions. And um, yeah, but I didn't really think it further. Um, well, I, I, think you, <laughs> I think you just, you just launched a new uh, subject, Noor, with all these, this, this sort of informal network mm -hmm. of, of pet uh, drinking places. Mm, yeah. So where the, where the dogs and the cats can have their water. Because yeah, that yeah. must be also, if you would map those informal uh, drinking, ch like animals, chess maze, you could call them. <laughs> well, that yeah, sounds really I mean, interesting. It has been a practice like ever since the history of Istanbul. Even in architecture, there are these uh, bird palaces, like these uh, really beautifully ornamented structures attached to certain buildings where they can yeah, place water or uh, Feed, to feed them like food. So yeah, in Istanbul, not just the citizens are not just people, but also animals are citizens too, in my opinion. So definitely. Is that, there. is that then, Noor, because Liam's question was like how you, both you and Yashar try to work on um, connecting people to what makes them come alive, right? In relation to water, would, would animals then be something that Istanbulites come alive to and that could also repair our relation to to water through through these stray animals yeah actually i didn't think this topic in close to water but maybe perhaps thirst and yeah drinkable water access to drinking water is mm -hmm. uh, a necessity in city for all of its inhabitants basically so 
yeah, as we need puppetismus, the animals may also need these. Um, well, yeah, but the right funny now. thing that, that it's, it is being taken care of <laughs> in an informal way. Yeah, it is really. <laughs> and even in lockdown, for instance, there were uh, particular people could go out to uh, feed the stray animals and what, give water to them, actually. That was something uh, I liked, as, like it was in the rules of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, Yasha, do you want to respond to Lian's um, question? Yeah, I mean, uh, what we do, not only in Istanbul, but you know, all, almost uh, all our work somehow pass through or touch upon the issues related to water. And sometimes this is like a, a huge energy project, like a dam project, um, relocating a whole communities and they're facing injustices. You know, their access to clean water is being cut off, their access to their living places, spaces, villages has been cut off because of a energy project that is rely on extracting more and more water from the nature. So that is also part of our work to an urban scale where like a canal project that is gonna uh, uh, have a huge impact on the environment and the society overall. So we try to, in our uh, data collection and then dissemination process, we try to tell these stories with uh, different uh, storytelling methodologies. So, and the water is an important uh, subject to highlight those injustices because we all need it. It is at the center of our existence and it is a very direct subject that everyone can relate to. So that is one answer. And the second would be personally what I believe is still missing and we have to kind of work harder in terms of mobilizing and campaigning and kind of um, what is necessary to be done further is demanding uh, drinkable water in our cities. And that is, uh, I think we will have to work more and more like these, all the tap water to be safe enough for everyone to drink without requiring to buy bottled water. And unfortunately, we don't have that kind of demand yet, but this should be the way forward. Mm -hmm. And what kind of time span would that be, Yashar? Uh, because we've been talking about it uh, all the time, uh, about the chess maze and the mayor trying to campaign for opening them up again. But in what kind of time frame is that going to happen, you think? Uh, hopefully, uh, in our lifespan. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not uh, in a very distant future. That's what I would say. I mean, there's a, a critical moment now since, as you said, uh, the public fountains has been promoted as, as a kind of those public resources that everyone could be able to use, not only enjoy its beauties, and I think that's a nice time to kind of campaign for uh, a drinkable water for everyone. Yeah, because I had to think of it because Lian is also campaigning for drinkable rivers. And I'm um, curious about these, these different time frames that we're in, scale-wise. Um, I think we need to wrap it up, right, Sophie? Phone batteries, batteries are, are oh, yeah, batteries running are out. But, but we can, can maybe do a last little 
Yeah, because I think it's a really good idea because now we're so connected in time, at least, not in place, but in time. We're all here together <laughs> on yes. a Sunday with one time hour, one hour time difference. And maybe we can make a really short round, like a couple of sentences, like what is the rest of your Sunday going to look like? So where are you going to go from here when you hang up the phone? Eva. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going back to the office. I'm going back to work. <laughs> we were afraid to because you're boring. super busy, right? <laughs> it's very boring. Um, or it's not boring. It depends how you look at it. Yeah, we have to finish our work for the Venice Biennial. We have to send it to print on Tuesday night. So, yeah, so that's Okay, so you're going <laughs> back into the office. Noor, yeah, I'm going to cycle. Noor, what's your Sunday going to look like? Uh, well, I will not work. <laughs> this, I will go back home. Uh, and I think I'll lie down. I've been working quite hard the last weeks, actually. So this would be the first day that I'm not working also, but I'm happy to have this time now. And yeah, the lockdown, although it sounds bad, it's also nice that it, again, is a time to slow down a bit for me. So I'll be going home after this, yeah. Lian, what about you? Are you walking more south? Are you going to walk closer and closer to Istanbul? or? Uh, first, I will back, go, walk back up north, hour, so now the sun in the back. And um, I cook a uh, mung bean soup, and um, and then actually I will bicycle uh, uh, further south, uh, the Amstel, and I'll sleep further south here. To uh, I'll spend also a few days after a, a lot of work on finishing the book. The manuscript was handed in yesterday, so uh, I also take a few days rest. Yeah, congratulations, Leon, with the book. Thank you. And Yashar, what's your Sunday going to look like from now on? Well, okay, I have a confession to make. While <laughs> I was enjoying so much this past hour, I was already working at the garden, on our roof garden. Ah. And uh, so I, I, you know, it is a precious time uh, to be outside our house now because of the lockdown. And I have to look after these plants because they also need their share of water the water that comes from our rainwater harvest system. So I was doing that. Like I'm going to read for the rest uh, of Sunday for the next three hours. I will be uh, uh, moving rockets from smaller pots to larger pots and then give them a bit of water and then go back to my home. So that is my Sunday. Uh, wonderful. We wish we could all help mend your rainwater mm -hmm. garden altogether. Yeah, let's... That, that's what we well, would you are all You are all in my tent, <laughs> and I am hoping to see you in the garden whenever it's possible. Uh, we will all would love to, to, to meet live, <laughs> preferably in Istanbul. Right, Eva and Leo? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As I walk back, I, I think I'll actually... Uh, Harvest some nettles, fresh nettle tops to make to put in the soup. <laughs> oh, good idea! Yes, we should do that too, Sophie. When we yeah. walk back, I actually made nettle soup yesterday. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> and it's very uh, well. Maybe you know that, Leanne, but it's like so. I I know all the virtues of nettle plants. Oh, you know, yes. it's very detox and everything. But that soup was so pitch dark green that, and I, I was peeing some sort of half green pee this morning you know so, yeah I'm washed in and out yeah, yeah thanks to the nettles yeah so dear people 
participants of the thirst walk, we're gonna let you go and have a, have you have your own Sunday, and we're gonna walk we're gonna walk back along the fleet back home to Sophie's house. So thank you very much for this thirst talk and walk, and uh, we will publish it soon, and we will uh, let you know. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Eric and Sophie. Nice. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank, thank you. In Search of the Pluriverse is part of the Traveling Academy, an initiative of Het Nieuwe Institute in close partnership with the Consulate General in Istanbul and embassies in Germany, Morocco, Spain, and the UK. The Traveling Academy brings together makers from these regions and the Netherlands to learn how formal and informal ways of knowing can support each other in tackling ecological, sociopolitical and spatial issues.